It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, March 13th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that is uh, heading straight into that Danny Briere era, Russ. Yeah, I'm still not used to the time change. Let me focus on that first. (laughs) All right. We're going to get into Danny Briere's initial presser as interim GM that game against the pens from Saturday and it will have our nemesis of the week your locked on flyers your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That is where we post about our latest episodes, Flyers news, all that good stuff. You can also email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail. I'm sure you have a lot of questions about what is happening with the Flyers right now. So get those questions in. We'll answer them later this week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Plus we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Russ, uh, they did, uh, I think, Pull a little bit of a fast one, having an 8.30 a.m. presser with (laughs) Danny Breer. With one hour's less sleep? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Now, I I understand there is some travel considerations there. The GM meetings are starting Mm -hmm. this week. Uh, Danny Breer's got, you know, I think it'll be an interesting set of meetings for him walking into that room. Uh, um, Luckily, I think there's not a ton they're going to be talking about, but it'll be about relationship building. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, it'll be about that. Um, they'll have some cap talk. Um, nothing major, but the cap talk should be of great concern mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for the Flyers. Uh, we did hear because of the game on Saturday uh, for the first time from John Tortorella about the firing of Chuck Fletcher, as well as his feelings about Danny Breer. You know, I I think that he said what he pretty much had to say, you know, really respects Chuck Fletcher. Danny Breer had the same things to say, you know, learned a lot from him. Good working relationship. Um, You know, he was in Chuck Fletcher was in a tough spot. And sometimes it's the nature of the business. Right? He was only in a tough spot because of previous years to put him in the tough spot. The tough spot didn't happen all at once. (laughs) Right. But, you know, right after somebody gets fired, you're going to talk about, you know, the upside and try and be nice about it. Well, I mean, here's another thing. And this is something that just happens naturally in the working world, the business world, every part of the world. Um, John will work with Danny uh, and Danny will evaluate and John will decide um, what he wants to do for next season after he knows if Danny's going to be the interim or not. Because if Danny's not going to be the permanent GM, then I think John will act differently. And so that's, you know, Mm -hmm. he has the power. John really has the hammer here right now. 
Yeah, I think so to to a large degree because he knows he's not going anywhere. Right. I mean, it is abundantly clear that uh, no matter who the GM is, they have to be able to work with John Tortorella effectively, yes. and also that right now because of that consistency about who's going to be here, Tortorella does have the upper hand. You're absolutely right in in this situation. Uh, so we did hear from. I feel like we should start calling him Daniel Briere now. Just I'm not because doing it. It's more formal. I'm not doing it. He's always been Danny. I see him. I say, hey, Danny. I know. I'm not doing it. I know. I know. You know, I think there there were several key takeaways from what he had to say. Um, you know, there weren't a lot of questions, honestly. So there wasn't a lot of time to dig into a lot of the details. And he seemed very reticent to dig into details about any individual players at this point. You know, which... I understand to some degree. He's but been also, doing it for a year. Want, he could he could have shown a little could, light on that. But I think you know the top line headline here is is that he said the word "it's a rebuild," um, but not a fire sale. Um, but you know, there's reason for that. Yeah, we um, we did a whole episode same time it, on that. Yes, we did last week about the cap and and why they can't necessarily get rid of everybody right away because the contracts are not ideal for for trades, but um, that it is a multi-year process as as well. And multi-year could mean three to five, not one, not two. Uh, I know Mm -hmm. the hope is two. And based on what he said, I know the hope is two. Everybody who thinks they could speed it up and do it quicker is usually mistaken. Very simply... If I bring my car into the uh, auto mechanic and he says I need to rebuild the transmission, he's not going to let me skip steps. He's going to be like, no, you've got to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. But the Flyers can't. So they're going to frame it the way they framed it because they know they have some immovable contracts. And so. Exactly. And that puts them at a disadvantage because of what Chuck Fletcher left. Like that's a, a reality. It absolutely is. And I also think there's some there's going to be some goalpost setting that will help mitigate that. So it's is it two years to being competitive, but not Stanley Cup playoff run worthy? You know, are they going to add these iterative goalposts? And that seems to be based on what Danny Breer said, like the most ideal scenario for him. Right. Set short term goals, meet those goals, but don't like get ahead of the long-term picture from a, what he's going to say in the, in front of the press. Right. Mm-hmm. So short-term goal, sign Emil Andre. How long will do you think that will take? I think it'll take five minutes because probably the bulk of the work is already done. But we haven't heard an announcement. Are we going to hear it Monday or is this going to take time now because everything is in flux in the organization? Like these are the kinds of things yeah. that I'm talking about that, uh, affect even everyday life in the organization because people are like, well, what does he really have to do? But these are things that have to get done. Who's greenlighting yeah. it? Who's talking about it? These are issues. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the other thing for me is that he referred to Dave and Dan a lot as opposed to just Dave. Right. And so it, that to me was a signal that Dan is going to be more involved in this process and that it could be signaling a Dave Scott change down the road or or that, you know, allowing for it to make sure I mean, it's it could. clear that there's, yeah. We still don't see evidence of it. We all think it could happen, but we still don't see evidence yeah. of it. 
Yeah, I, I think it, it indicates that that possibility is at least there mm-hmm. for sure, because otherwise I don't think. I mean, I could get fired off this show tomorrow. Like that possibility exists, too. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> but, um, well, I think the other thing is that he did um, what I thought was a pretty good job of defending his lack of experience. I think his confidence was definitely there. And, you know, there there have been guys around the league. I would say Steve Eiserman is one of them. That's a prime example of that you knew that he was eyeing, you know, management even while he was still a player. Sure. And he, he did the things that you had to do in order to make that jump after your playing career is over. I, I think Breer did all of those things. And not the said. same as Eiserman. He still has. He still has the lack of experience because Iserman had did a lot more. <laughs> At least two years under playing. Ken Holland. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think, you know, while he did the best job he could in defending his lack of experience, I think that, you know, he definitely does have that confidence, like I was saying. He does. But again, so I'm used to like the sports world being similar to the business world. And the messaging was a little muddled. There wasn't the... Def- there is no definition of a plan yet. And, and for me, that's worrisome. Now, they'll formulate one because you have to. But right now, there really isn't one other than we're going to rebuild. But it's really not going to be a rebuild like you think. But it's going to be a rebuild. And so, like, the messaging is, is muddled. And, and that's not good. I, I would have expected the messaging to be a little more defined and have a few more steps being revealed as to what's actually going on because if i'm a fan like i'm just listening and i'm like okay i i still don't have enough here to grab onto and there's going to be a lot of skepticism yeah and you know i think that was especially the case when asked about that senior advisor group and you know the old the old uh shadowy figures in the back that was his opportunity to sort of you know have that move on draw a line in the sand he did not do that he, did, he most certainly did not do that. Brent Flair is expected to be in the picture moving forward. We'll talk so, about Brent down the road here. Like we'll, we'll yeah. do a report card and see how he you know, has done in the past and how he's doing now. For sure. There's a lot to talk about there. But I, I do think, you know, overall, uh, it was in some ways a very nothing press conference. And in some ways, it, if you could read between the lines, it was very informative. Yeah, I think there was a little bit to glean from it, for sure. Uh, I also, and this isn't, you know, his fault, but unfortunately, just the rushed nature of everything doesn't give you, you know, the kind of confidence you would hope to get from a press conference. And so that's, you know, that that was evident. And that's not the greatest thing. But again, he's Danny Breer. He's going to get a lot of... um benefit of doubt because the fans like him and I get it but there's a lot of fans now that have a really jaundiced eye when it when it jaundiced eye when it comes to looking at what's going to happen and results and talk isn't necessarily going to sell them anymore it would have a couple years ago but now is a different we're in a different spot now the fans are in a different spot now it's a much tougher mountain to climb I 100% agree. And, uh, you know, having your first press conference over Zoom isn't exactly the best either because it doesn't really allow for follow-up. Right. But 
Um, I will say there's a lot more to talk about with this. We'll be doing some of it later in the show and a lot more later this week. We also had a game this past weekend that was, uh, oh, it was a rough one versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. And we are going to talk about that one coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and hated taking pills and vitamins. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With a delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, and focus. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your co-brew habit. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So that was a bit of a rough one against the Penguins this past weekend. And I think that there was a couple of things. I don't think that they put themselves in a a great position to succeed just from a lines perspective. Agreed. I, I I understand to some degree why he wanted to shuffle things around a little bit and try some different combinations, but we talked about this specifically in the preview that Pittsburgh is a much more physical team than Carolina was. And um, so it feels like they tried to adjust things to maybe shelter some of the kids a little bit, um, spread out the muscle. But ultimately I don't think that worked because you put a guy like Tyson Forster on a line with Kevin Hayes, who we've discussed at length in terms of effort and Joel Farabee, who's struggling. And to me, I'm like, how does that help Tyson Forrester out yeah. there, right? It doesn't. I, I just, and and the thing is, it's not a good match of skating styles either because let's right. face it, Forrester is still not not what you would call NHL average for skating yet. It's still a little under. And so Farabee is an excellent skater. Hayes is kind of like in the middle. You're better off putting it with, with guys that are a little bit more deliberate uh, rather than a guy like Farabee, who's going to be like out in front for everything. I agree. I, I didn't see where that was going to help him. And you saw with like that double minor, you know, if you're a little bit behind, you're going to right. make bad plays like that. It's not because it was a dumb play. It's because he he needs to get faster. Yeah. Like he, he really needs to. That's the biggest part of his game now that has to, you know, catch up with the NHL. So uh, I'm with you on that. Uh Look, Carter Hart was fine. I mean, he, you know, that game could have been way worse, especially in the second period when um, for 11 minutes, for 11 minutes, the uh, the high danger chances were like 8 or 11 to 0 for 11 minutes. Then the Flyers actually, you know, evened out that period a bit. Uh, And also Malkin, I don't know what he was thinking, trying to get so fancy. Like they, they really blew an opportunity there. But whatever, like weird things happen with Flyers, Penguins. So you just, 
you shake your head and shrug it off. Um, I do want to say how Casey DeSmith is kind of like Ron Hextall, and I'll tell you why. Um, he's like an easy guy to, to say he's not that good. He's an easy guy to kind of boo. But Casey DeSmith can come into a game and really could, could, can play a good game. And, and he did. He played a good game. I'm not, oh, saying yeah. that, I'm not saying that's the reason because, you know, the Flyers did lack a bunch of good scoring chances. But, you know, he played a good game. But the biggest thing, Rachel, and I am going to harp on this for another full offseason. So, people, if you want to put your fingers in your ears, go ahead and do it. Owen Tippett needs a shooting coach in the worst possible way. I cannot stress this enough. For as many breakaways and one-on-oh chances as he gets, he can't miss the net like that. He can't. No, eight shots on goal in the game for him. And you would think at least one of those would have connected. Um, Again, you know, DeSmith's great game aside, uh, you know, the law of averages would suggest that if Tippett's shooting was a little bit better, then he would have gotten at least. And this was a last year's thing. Like we talked about it. I brought up, you know, even a name. I just, you would hope the new administration would look at this and say, okay, if we want to get the most out of him, we've got to get this part going. But I don't know. I'm just a guy. Yeah. I I will say that, you know, comparing this game to the game against the Canes, uh, you know, I talked about, Tyson Forrester being in a difficult situation because of the physicality. Mm-hmm. I think that it overall did affect what the Flyers could do out there. I mean, the crowd was super into it mm-hmm. um, because it was in Pittsburgh. With that air horn, which I despise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't stand um, it. You know what it's like? I was stuck for an entire Stanley Cup in the same section as Iceberg with that horn. We all wanted to murder him. We did. Okay. But I think that, you know, that crowd was was pretty intense because the Pens have to get a lot of wins yes. to really solidify their playoff spot. So these games are very important for them. And so you could see at the intensity of how the, the Pens were playing, the crowd. And I think that was, you know, a, a factor in it. And honestly, I was impressed that the Flyers could, you know, keep it up defensively for as long as they did. The way that that game was going and the the physicality of it. Um, I think that the power play was a huge factor for the Flyers. Well, that's the elephant in the room here. That's that's the elephant because um, something that I tweeted while I was covering this game yesterday was um, if you get demoralized on the power play, and look, there was some better movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say whatever you want to say, but they're three for their last 38. When it gets to that point and you're 0 for 3 in a game, in a tight game, it could take the heart out of the team. And that's exactly what it did because eventually the dam just broke and that was it. There was nothing Carter Hart can do. I think he should, he would want a couple of those goals back, but it really didn't matter. The power play just being completely inept for an entire season worst in the league is something that has to change. And you would hope that Danny Briere would look at that and say, it's not just the personnel. It's also the coaching. It's obvious. And, you know, it's a uh, it's a shame because, you know, we did see the PK playing pretty well. Yeah, you know, they played pretty one, good. That Penn's goal was essentially that five on three because Tippett blocked the shot yep. and couldn't get up. Yeah, I mean, but, that happens, though, right? It, it happens. Yeah. Look, Crosby played a great game and Crosby always he's got a lifetime worth of goals 
against the Flyers. Matter of fact, his 122 is two behind Mario now. That's it. Just oh, two behind Mario He's for all time. That. Oh, yeah. He is all time against the Flyers. It's just I've watched a lot of guys play against a lot of teams and do well, and that kind, kind of owns them. I don't know if I've ever seen a guy own a team like Crosby owns the Flyers, like point-wise. And not only did he get that goal, he made a great defensive play in that game. Like, he's mm-hmm. 18 seasons in, something like that. It's crazy. I don't know how many seasons. I do want to call attention to Cam York because I, I feel like he stepped up a little bit in this one. Um, he took more shots in this game, got more involved in in the offense. And I mm-hmm. feel like he's really his confidence is building, regardless of what's going on around him uh, with the Flyers defense. I think that, you know, he's I feel like when he's making mistakes, it doesn't get to him for the rest of the game. He's really good at at kind of moving on and really. Um, you know, trying to find his place in whatever he's doing out out there. And to me, I, I think that's a really good sign. Yeah, he's the one big, big success story for, you know, Lehigh Valley this year. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a harsher critic than that. There needed to be more. There needed to be more than just one guy sticking this year from Lehigh Valley. I'm happy it's Cam York. Russ, I'm trying to give some compliments no, no, it's here. Got, I have you to have to turn it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm making it fair and balanced. But Cam's been really good, and that was a really solid game for him. And yeah. Yeah. he's playing the offside, which again, people are always mm-hmm. like, "Well, how could you put Cam York here? You can't. You know, he's a lefty. He's playing the right side. Well, obviously, he can do it. There's guys that can do it. Tortorella yeah. has done this in his entire career with a lot of other defensemen, and it's working with Cam York. So uh, whether it stays that way forever, who knows? But it. it it's going to make him a better defenseman in the end. So, no, he's he's been a really good bright spot and was a good bright spot in that game. You know, the, the thing about the fact that we just can't score, um, I'll admit it. I had a very snarky tweet, and if you saw it and you liked it and you retweeted it, then good. Um, and that was, I said, you know, lo and behold, if you play Kiefer Bellows, he could score, meaning if you scratch him, he can't score. And that play was a great play. And honestly, that was the best play the Flyers had all game. And so will that get him another game? It should. It should get him a lot of other games. Will it? I don't know because the coaches scratched him so many times to play this Fakakta 11-7. And now Justin Braun, like he's just like a permanent fixture now, Justin Braun. I'm not sure why, Um, but that's fine. Whatever. I'm not the coach. But it just shows Kiefer Bellows does need to have a longer look here. There are some tools there that could possibly come out, and you're not going to know if you don't play him enough. Well, uh, I think, you know, given the management change, there's going to be some different ways we're going to look at these remaining games, and we will do so as the rest of the season plays out. In the meantime, we have our nemesis of the week to get to, and we will do that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. My goal has been to eat a little healthier this year, but not compromise on taste. Built Bar is just the thing. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. And what makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They have unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. 
And on the healthy side, they've only got 130 calories and four grams of sugar with 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box. For years now, we've been talking on the show about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. You can still do that, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Go to the pharmacy section and you can get a box of Built Bars. They have cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club and are a member, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with their hip flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. All right, Russ. So last week, our nemesis, and this was, of course, prior to the firing of Chuck Fletcher, we were like, uh, it's going to be a rough road for the rest of the season playing like this after that trade deadline, you know, that was lackluster. Mm -hmm. and what are we even doing here? And now we've kind of flipped the script a little bit uh, since then with the change in management to Danny Briere. And with that came additional discourse about who to bring in as the president and the GM or potentially other roles. And so for me, the nemesis is immediately jumping to some of those names and some of the people with past Flyers connections. Uh, we saw Eric Lindros's name thrown around, Chris Pronger, Ray Shiro, uh, even like Dean Lombardi uh, were, were mentioned. Uh, Robert Esch came out of, I think, Jeff Merrick, Whitney. Ray Whitney, uh, Eddie Olchek. And like, let's pump the brakes a little bit, kids. Like, <laughs> let's uh, before we dive into all these names, you know, let's think about this for a minute. No, I'm with you. But to be fair, like with, with Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, when they hear names, they say them. It's not who they're thinking right. about. It's who they're hearing. So somebody is saying these names. I get right. what you're saying. Uh, I think it would be unbelievable if all of a sudden Eric Lindros comes in and he's like the team president. Like, I don't even know how I would take that. Not to say Eric can't do it. He's worked with the PA. He's He's a bright guy. But is he ready for that? I don't know. I think I that's the know. whole thing um, that has to just be looked at here. And I'm with you as far as it being a nemesis. We have to remember, if this were a business, uh, requisite experience matters. Just being yep. a player isn't enough. Like that's, you know, yeah. you got to look at the whole picture of the person and what the role they're supposed to do. And just the fact that you were a player doesn't, it doesn't always make you qualified. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's not like these guys don't have any experience. And, you know, like a guy like Robert Esch, he's got some solid he's a GM. experience. I get he's it. a GM in Utica. So I, I'm not like, and Utica has been very good. So yes. I I don't, you know, begrudge that name being brought up. I'm just like, it's so no. quick and it's all these ex-players. Like, can we just stop for a minute and just breathe? Oh, we didn't hear Kent Manderville. <laughs> so that's a good sign. <laughs> all right. Do you have your own nemesis this week? I do. So my own nemesis is um, the time change. I hope this is the last time this has happened in our lifetime. It makes no sense. The whole world aren't farmers anymore. How many farmers do you know, Rachel? It's not even because of farming. That's a myth. Yeah, well, then it's the kids at the bus stop. What kid waits at the bus stop without a parent being there? Let's get off of this. Let's keep the time change the same because I'm going to tell you who doesn't, who's not affected by the time change. All my pets in my house, they're getting <laughs> fed at the same time, whether it says, you know, 7.30 or 6.30. They're still, they don't know the difference. They're getting up. They're hungry. 
they they have it right. Let's end this forever. It's stupidity. That's it. Yeah, I'm I'm team keep standard time. I know a lot of people are keep daylight saving year round, but I want standard time year round because I think it makes more sense with the the way the time of sunrise versus sunset. I think sunrise is more. And you're going to have less people on your side because you're going to have less sunlight. Yeah, that's I the one, that's that's the hard part on your stance. I know. Uh, I still believe it though. Anyway, uh, wrapping up with a Flyers fun thing. Of course, just had to bring back some Danny Breer playing uh, career highlights. So we've got a nice compilation here for you to take a look at. A lot of good memories with him on the oh, ice yeah. and Mr. Playoffs and and all yeah. of that. And hoping he can bring the playoffs back to the Philadelphia Flyers uh, sometime soon in a undisclosed amount of time in this multi We'll transport process. ourselves to the uh, exact year we think that's going to happen and we'll meet you and we'll meet everybody there. Yep. All right. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. We'll have our Phantoms update. Real fun weekend for the Phantoms. Yeah, I was watching last night. That was exciting. Yeah, a lot, lot of good stuff uh, with the Phantoms and we'll have a preview of the matchup against the Vegas Golden Knights. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen today. Now make your next listen Game to Game NHL. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. You can follow it on the Locked On NHL feed available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.